How's it going? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Yeah, well, you, what you've done there is you've um, you've destroyed, you smashed the illusion. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't really know what to say after that. Yeah. We'll let the audience judge that. Uh, lots of different things, yeah. I um, was was lucky to be on a long, well, not luck, depending on how you look at it, lucky to be on a, a long haul flight, so was able to catch up on some films that I um, have been meaning to see for some time. Um, which is good because I, I wasn't expecting them to be on the kind of little, um, whatever you call it, the little TV things they have, the little entertainment system, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was good. I, I saw, um, finally, finally saw Shoplifters, which is the last year's Palm Door winner, um, directed by Hara Koreda. Um And yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it was kind of a regular feature on most top tens that I came across last year. Um, and obviously winning the Palm Door gives it that kind of pedigree that is almost intimidating when you kind of approach film. It's such kind of, it's probably the most valuable award on the festival circuit in terms of prestige. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I um, it's basically about a family of, of criminals who, well, shoplifters, who, who taken a child that they find um, <clears throat> it, it, on a cold night in, in, in Japan. And how that kind of, girl is ingratiated into the family and yeah how how things how things evolve from there and you learn a little bit more about the family different revelations and they're, they're kind of the inner workings in a kind of really clever and interesting way it's kind of sits within the bracket of of those kind of social realist films in the set in the sense it's quite restrained quite held back and the paint is quite slow paced but it's it is amazing yeah and I'm not surprised to see that it was Sort of so acclaimed, and yeah, glad to glad to finally got round to watching it. Uh, in the sense that I haven't, uh, I haven't really seen much from that. Uh, well, of what I've seen from that kind of years can is because the thing with can is you'll, you'll, you'll be kind of competing against movies that you'll never get the chance to see or films that will take ages to come out um, so in that sense it, yeah I mean it was definitely uh, it was definitely a very very good film
I don't know, because you don't really expect anything from it. It doesn't really kind of hint or nudge at being anything like a kind of comedy or a kind of drama or anything like that. You, it, as it unfolds, you kind of, well, as, as a kind of, it premises itself in the kind of first half an hour and sets the stage and all that kind of stuff. You, you know that it's, that there are questions, that nagging questions that will kind of have to be answered in the course of the film. Or if they're left unaddressed and as the film goes on and reveals more, it would kind of hang back in a kind of interesting way. So how that all unfurls, I mean, is kind of not unexpected. It's unexpected in, in that kind of internal aspect of, but as a kind of film itself, I wouldn't say it kind of was a sharp left turn. It's not like you, it, not like it, it started off as something and became something else. It was always sort of, it was kind of like an unfolding rather than sort of jarring, left twisty kind of thing. Um, no. <laughs> Any more questions? No, it's fine. Joseph Heller.
I've got it, but I haven't read it though. No, no, I haven't. I, was, uh, I, I know I've got it, that's why. Um, I've had it for ages. I mean, a lot of the kind of unsavoury elements of the book, such as the kind of, I remember George Clooney in some of the interviews beforehand has mentioned the sexism and how he's tried to kind of circumvent that. How has he kind of brought this uh, text to the 2019? <laughs> I'm 
Yeah, I'm I mean, well, clearly said I've just put it up here. He's, he said he, he calls the text misogynistic. But he said that it was kind of a conscious effort to kind of remove that misogyny, which is kind of... Um, that he, that's what I was interested to see if it was kind of... And um, is there a second series season coming up? Seeing the um, uh, Mike Nichols film with uh, Alan, what's his name? Alan Ark. Yeah, which is good. It's not okay actually. Very famous for that awesome Wales cameo. Yeah, he, he's clearly drunk. Um, okay, cool. Um, and um, I mean, it's an interesting project for Clooney to undertake, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, he's not got anything in the pipeline, which is interesting. Yeah, no, no, I'm just saying. Entirely been out of off the radar anyway, so. Hmm. Ah, cool. Should we move on? Uh, I saw Gloria Bell 
which is the new film from Sebastian Lillo uh, and stars Julianne Moore. So this is a remake of his own film, um, Sebastian uh, uh, Lillo. Um, I don't know when the original one was. I'll try and find out. But basically it's about a... Um, it's about well, Julia Moore is Gloria Bell, who has uh, just come out of a divorce. Well, isn't just come out. She's she's had, she's had a, um, she's been divorced for a while, but it's it's her embracing um, singlehood, and it's um, it's her seeking out love via whether whether it be dance clubs or you know generally just going about her life as her kind of family begins to sort of move on and things happen to be in a period of flux. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I was very excited to watch this because I really, really thought, I really, really liked his film that won this year's Academy Award for um, Best Foreign Picture, which is a fantastic woman about a, a transgender woman who is a, also, is sort of, who, who's just lost her husband, um, or boyfriend rather. Um, and it's, it's very similar to, to that in the sense that it, it kind of, it, it it very much follows a, a single character going through a period of of change or like sort of intense emotional um, intense like just intense emotion really um, and this is yeah it was sort of it was very um, uh, you're breathing very loudly it's coming across on the thing yeah cheers um, yeah and it it it, it, it sort of um, Yes, and A Fantastic Woman was amazing. Have you seen it? It was really, really good. It was kind of a director that really has a, his style made, that nailed, nailed down of kind of like a real sense of kind of musicality to his films. He really kind of... He really emphasises the role that like music and his soundtracks play in his films. And this one is very similar. Gloria Bell is kind of... Again, having been set in the kind of LA dance clubs, it's got a lot of uh, sort of... Uh, quite cheesy disco but also quite it's it's always quite tasteful and very kind of and, and, it, and it really adds a kind of extra dimension because uh, Julianne Moore Gloria Bell is kind of singing along to these films uh, these songs at the same like in her car and stuff like that it kind of is always surrounding the character um, she's obviously she is amazing like there's no question that she's one of the greatest actors of her generation um, she's really really kind of she's able to kind of tread so many different touches and like different different ways of kind of going about seeing in, in so 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 quickly and effortlessly and seamlessly she's she really is kind of you know it really is a film about her and she really kind of rises to it in a way that um very very few actors, actors can um john Turturro plays in this uh kind of i don't use the word fuck boy because actually yeah he is a bit of a fuck boy and he's a kind of guy who's like he he basically falls for her but also on a very kind of, he he himself is a, fr- a much fresher divorcee than than her, and he en- and he he ends up kind of acting very irrationally and very silly, but also with that kind of classic male entitlement side to it, underpinning underpinning his kind of <clears throat> his attitude towards her. And Michael Cera is her son, who's kind of depressed basically, and yeah, it, it, it basically. It leaves it, it. It could be a film that's very lacking in terms of its kind of. It's a little bit directionless, and it kind of it. It really does sort of. For you have to spend a lot of time with someone who, is often going through quite difficult things, and you do kind of. 
it does get a little bit kind of dragging at times, but I thought it was especially emphasised by the soundtrack by uh, Matthew Herbert, who's a electronic music producer, and also the kind of sound, uh, the kind of Julianne Moore's brilliance. Um, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was okay. It was good. It was it was decent. No. press around it apart from a few reviews so and none of them mentioned that he had made the film with Julianne Moore either in mind or having signed on or any discussion involving her at an early stage um, but I am I mean it, it certainly is her film as it would have been anyone's film had they taken that kind of title role because it really is about the kind of internal aspect of of that character and you really follow her through kind of thick and thin um, so in that it, it's it's Julianne Moore's film in in the sense that she rose to the occasion in such kind of amazing way and really kind of knocked it out of the park. John Woo. Mm. I mean, there's a few directors that have done have adapted their own film. Um, I mean, there's what's his name, um, Michael Mann. He is a remake of his own of one of his own films that he made. Um, who else has done it? Um, uh, yes, with. Um, let me guess, let me guess. Um, sun, 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 sunshine, sprite, or something like that, is it? Yep, two now. Yeah, I guess if you... 
Not really, because you are changing formats. Because loads of directors, loads of people do that. Loads of people write their own screen, write their own books as screenplays. What's his name? Perks of being a wallflower guy, all that kind of stuff. But it's different, isn't it? Like remaking your own film as like a film is different from remaking from making your your book into a film. I would argue that, but like, it doesn't have to. It's never really necessary. Like, it's more often not necessary, particularly in the context of adapting a book or something like that, than it is necessary. Like, just constant adaptations. I mean, what necessitates it, right? Well, I just say it's more often not necessary than it is necessary. What are you confused about? More often, more often than not, adaptation from it, it, film adaptations are unnecessary, and TV adaptations are unnecessary. Of anything, of adapting anything. Yeah, they're more often unnecessary than they are necessary. No. <laughs> That doesn't distract, doesn't change the point I'm making there, does it? <laughs> I'll repeat it again, like... Not mine. 
Okay, cool. Um, what kind of, in what ways were like unnecessary things happening? In like, in what sense? Only a limited series, then it's weird. Yeah. I mean, will you kind of sort of, I mean, you obviously stuck with it to the end, so there ought to be something kind of good about it, no? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it's oddly kind of really politically, politically, critically acclaimed. Which is, I was looking at, I thought the trailer, I thought the trailer looked like, I thought it was shit. Um, no, but I don't think that's, I don't think that's got anything to do with it, has it? Well, I like Neil Gaiman. I've read, I've read quite a lot of Neil Gaiman. Um, uh, or I, I liked Neil Gaiman. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying much about him anymore. I mean, eighty-five percent on Rotten Tomato. Eighty-five. See, this is the thing. When I want to say something acclaimed, I always go to Metacritic, and then uh, and then you go to Rotten Tomatoes. To, it, it's very much like. This is very much kind of political debate level stuff, isn't it? I, I'm not saying we're both guilty of it. We're both guilty of it. If, we, if I want to argue something they claimed, I'll go to Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes, depending on which one scores higher. And if I want to say something's been panned, I'll go to whichever one's lower. I prefer aggregate scores, yeah. Because they're aggregated. <laughs> no. I'll talk about a film. Um, I saw um, Wildlife as well, which is another film I wanted to tick off uh, over the last year. Um, yeah, it was... Um, it's basically... This is the first film from Paul Dunno, who co-wrote it with his wife, um, Zoe Kazan, who's... I think they must have met on the... What's his name? Ruby... Ruby, what's it called? Um, Ruby Sparks. That film that they um, are both in together. But I, I don't know. Um... And it's an adaptation of a book as well. Um, it basically stars Jake Gyllenhaal and um, um, Carrie Mulligan as, um, but they're, they're two parents of a child played by Ed Oxenbold. Um, it, and it's from the point of view of the of, of the boys. His mother becomes, who his mother has a very difficult and quite complex response after the dad Jake Gyllenhaal decides to abandon them to go and fight fires um, after being made unemployed by his golf club, which he cleans up for. He's a kind of sort of cleaner and kind of tends to the grass and that kind of stuff. Uh, and she, uh, and his, and, and uh, Karen Mulligan, uh, Jeanette, takes the news diff- badly and resorts to different things in order to kind of cope with that, which is kind of... And and what play ends up playing out is you know as as from the point of view of the of the child he's he's fifteen so he's kind of approaching he's kind of pubescent but like approaching that kind of you know he he's starting to talk to girls and this kind of stuff he's growing up. Um, 
Um, and uh, yeah, um, it was like, um, oh yeah, and um, yeah, and and so as the film kind of goes on, it, it and it, I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal is in the film for probably about a third of the time that Carrie Mulligan is, uh, including the time that they're together, and I mean, it's really between you know Joe the boy and Jeanette as as they kind of deal with life on their own and sort of fending for themselves, and it, I, I, as he grows up, he takes a role as a photographer. Um, where he um, he he photographs like football teams or, or school or school kids and stuff like that as he's as he's at school and it, you know it's it's those two kind of growing up and dealing with the kind of big change in their family and things really take a kind of more intense quite dark dark turn as 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 the time period becomes stretched and longer um, and yeah it's really 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 good I was very obviously. Jake Gyllenhaal was very, very good, and the the, um, the boy um, Ed Oxenbold was very, very good. But Carrie Mulligan is amazing. Like she's, she's so kind of such a capable actress of kind of being very, very sensitive. And like her character, who is basically a kind of former beauty queen, you know, um, a very kind of bomb, a former or thinks of herself or has or, or thought of herself as a kind of a, a, a bombshell in in some respects, but has kind of found that, that the marriage has kind of stifled that kind of fun side of her that she is trying to reclaim now or that she that she maybe perhaps sees as, as wanting to rec- reclaim so that the way that she kind of obviously all of this is underpinned by a kind of a very sensitive um person who's very kind of caring and tender and loving and is reckoning with those two kind of facets of of kind of being alone with a with her son and having this increased freedom and more responsibility perhaps alongside that kind of self-reflective part of her which is sort of you know looking at her own life through her son and you know through through this renewed freedom that she has so yeah it's a really kind of difficult role to play like she's got so much she has to carry so many different things and and she just does it with such kind of such a brilliant brilliant way I thought which was kind of yeah really 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 Good. It was really disappointing that she wasn't nominated for an Oscar, but I suppose we always take actresses like Carrie Mulligan for granted in the sense that they're always very, very good. I mean, Keira Knightley's very much... There's two differences, I think. Um, first is, um, I think Keira Knightley's kind of done some big money, like big block... I mean, Pirates of the Caribbean, for instance, big, big movies. But I'd, I'd say the closest that Karen Mulligan's come to doing that is maybe The Great Gatsby, and even then it was kind of, you know, a bit of a stretch. And, and, and the second is that I, I just don't think Keira Knightley's a very good actress. <laughs> I'm not going to 
Oh, scathing. Oh. <coughs> Compared to the varnish, like. <coughs> Um, who? Carrie Mulligan? Oh, right, okay. Yes. I mean, I really disagree with you. I think she has way more range than Keira Knightley. I think Keira Knightley very much kind of, you know, the two, let's have a look at the two roles that Keira Knightley has been nominated for. Imitation Game, Pride and Prejudice, extremely identical characters. Colette, another, again, another another character that's very much kind of English, um, sort of very, very kind of... Um, Oh, I don't know how you describe it, but you you know the, you know even her character in Pirates of the Caribbean, it's a kind of old English kind of. Um, there's always that kind of yeah, even atonement as well. I mean, the the, the very very similar characters. Whereas with Karen Mulligan, she's she's played um, she's played folks she's played folk muses in Inside Llewyn Davis. She's played um, Society Girls in The Great Gatsby. She's played um, you know she's she's played. Um, Farmers in Mudbound, Wildlife here, she's playing a sort of totally different mature character. There's such a difference. Um, however, I don't want to pit the two against each other. Um, I think, you know. I think there's easy ways to group them together, but I do think they have quite different careers. I think a closer match for me would be someone like Michelle Williams, someone who like who is very much kind of is 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 quite she who has who chooses those a lot of she has a lot of range in her choices, and she's not really kind of been drawn as much to the sort of bigger bigger budget kind of more tempo movies that in in the same way that Keira Knightley might have been. I mean, what's Michelle Williams' biggest role? Pardon? Yeah, apart from Venom, yeah. And The Greatest Showman. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. No, 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 yeah, definitely more than definitely more than Carrie Mulligan. Maybe not more than. Maybe not not so. Maybe yeah, maybe probably more than Carrie Mulligan. But what I'm saying is that kind of they play very different. The the, the range is is much more there, and they're kind of. Yeah. But you wouldn't say the same of someone like um, Brian Gosling, would you? And he's very similar in that sense. They kind of straddle the two very quickly. Like he'll be in, he'll be in like a Nick Winding Refn film, and then you know he'll he'll go, you know, be in La La Land or play Neil Armstrong. Oh, what you think Michelle Williams shows it, phones it in a bit.
I mean, she made a good, in, in a way, she made a good choice as a great showman. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, my um, housemate actually, I forgot to ask her about it. Went to see Hugh Jackman's one man show at the O2 on Friday. Yeah, I mean, the people who see it are obviously like, do you know what I mean? Like, my, but I'll be interested because she, uh, my my flatmate didn't really know what to expect because she she went because someone she knew someone in the band so I have to ask her about that not because she was a fan of you Hugh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, um, yeah. What what should we do? One more. Well. Have we got time? Okay, let's do one quickly then. Mm. 
Was it good? Did you like it? Yeah. Um, it's like stabbing with faint praise. <laughs> Were you like? What, what, what was? Um, so is it is it a comparison with the female super bad accurate? Yeah, hello. No, no, no. I mean, is there, um, is there sort of, do you think, I mean, I've seen it really kind of, a lot of people really, really liked the film, and another half of mine really kind of loved it, and actually called it The Female Superbad, I don't think without even seeing it having been called that before, so, um, is it, do you think, got that kind of potential to kind of sit alongside films like Clueless and, and Mean Girls as sort of cult classics, do you think? I know it's too early to tell. I know it's too early to tell. interesting isn't it like because i remember when it when this first came out well i mean like what two weeks ago they um there was a bit of kind of kerfuffle about it because they had released given it a wide release and had been surprised to see the kind of box office plummet as opposed to giving it a limited release where it would have probably done about the same numbers without albeit the kind of excess sort of screens that they were kind of putting it on it's like, yeah, it was interesting that kind of 
you'd imagine that the, the, they they positioned it like that own uh, when it kind of in retrospect doesn't seem like it was going to be sort of that kind of film at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. I don't know, I mean, it's it's weird, because I think, you know, yeah, I may have just misjudged it, maybe, I think, um, but, um, yeah, it's a shame, I, I I really want to see it, I haven't seen it yet, but, um, no, I will definitely see it, um, but yeah, oh well, well, yeah, uh, I don't think I have time, unfortunately, but that puts us on even kill, I think, doesn't it, with four each? Yeah. Great. Yes, I will. I will. I finish up. Um. Yes. Yeah, so, um, any more for any more? Are we kind of. Are we? Are we? Are we leaving it hanging for the next? Uh, what the next episode is going to be? Oh yeah. Where are you going? You're going to the. Tell, tell the listeners where you're going. I know where you're Open invitation. Yeah, my mates are very happy with me about that. I don't. <laughs> you might be a bit. You might be a bit. He might be a bit pissed. I mean, he's a bit pissed off, isn't he? Um, look, I will. Um, I will um, endeavour to recruit him back. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you. I don't know what we're going to talk about. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, nice one. Well, you've been listening to Make a Tame My Apparel. Um, I'm Aaron. He's Jack. Um, Tweet at MildPowerPC, email us at MildPowerPC.com. Um, Jack, do you have a Twitter? Jack M. Shep. I have one at Aaron Cracker one um, Jack, you have a letterbox, Jack M. Shep. Have you watched anything else, which is nice? Or not so nice, I don't know. How's that? Did you by any chance go with Cameron to that? Oh. Lose, lose. Um, and yeah, I, I really haven't used Letterboxd at all, but my letterbox is uh, Catherine. Um, so yeah, follow me if you want, but I mean, as I haven't, probably haven't submitted something to it. I'm very proud of you. Yeah. Um, is that a little flex there? Is that a little flex?
Do you know what? A flex means bigging up yourself. Yeah. No, no, no. It's good, it's good, it's good for you. Um, yeah, oh god, yeah, I want to, there's just too many movies to log now. Never mind. Well, my Kakarin at Letterboxd, um, and yes, um, I watched, um, what have I watched, which has been interesting. Um, I watched Tag, which I liked actually, I liked that quite a lot, it's good. I know you've seen it. Yeah, we spoke about it on a podcast once. Um, you did with Cameron. You and Cameron went to see it. And Cameron's like, oh, it's really sad, actually. It's not sad at all. What, because he has terminal tumour? Yeah, it's had enough time. Wasn't that sad? Okay. That, either I'm heartless or... No. <laughs> It's a bittersweet ending. Alright, okay. Just like this podcast. Um, right, great, okay. Any more for any more? I know, but we've said more since. So I'm, I'm, I'm rounding out. It. But there might be some more based on the more that we said. Okay, well, on that note. No, 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 on that note, uh, goodbye. Oh, yeah, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very, be very dusty at the moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Okay.